My name is Brett Shapers. I'm a former Marine and former police detective, and I've done a lot of different cases from uh, traffic tickets all the way to murder and national security investigations. And I've come to this world of digital forensics because I realized that computer will never kill me compared to working undercover. I, I think I'm wrong in that assumption. So eventually, computers probably will uh, come after us. But until then, <laughs> I'm uh, writing books on how to actually do digital forensic investigations. This is the first episode of a series with Brett Shavers, author of Placing the Suspect Behind the Keyboard, using digital forensics and investigative techniques to identify cyber crime suspects. So Brett, your background is pretty interesting. I, I thought my background was pretty interesting, but you've upstaged me at a number of points. I'm just going to go over what you talk about on your about me on on uh, brettshavers.com. Uh, so you swam with the sharks, and and it sounds like you've been on the same Fiji vacation that I went on. Uh, you know, <laughs> congratulations. But you know, it, it, those Fijians are they're they're uh, they're hardy people. They don't they don't mind sharks too much. Uh, you solved murders. Now you got me on that one. You've dined with crime bosses. As far as me, I just sat at the flunkies table and never got to the boss's level, so you're way ahead of me. Uh, then the rest of this, it just goes on tilt from my lived experience. You you taught at a world-class university. You've been shot at, stabbed, and beaten. You kicked down doors as a SWAT dog. You bought, sold, and seized tons of drugs. And, and you know, you realize this is being recorded because you're talking about selling drugs, so <laughs> I'm a little bit worried here. You've earned the EGA, Eagle Globe, and Anchor, and carried the M60. I've got nothing, nothing compared to that. Uh, hunted wild boars and chased by the same. You know, I did have a friend who stored some illegal gotten wild boar in my hotel fridge in a foreign country, but that's as close as I got. Uh, wrote some books, and you're writing some more. And you drove really fast chasing violent felons. Well, you haven't met my dad, but he really takes coyote hunting personally, and uh, I've been told to hang out of a window with a shotgun while he's doing 40 on a, in a 4 by 4 plowed field, so that was pretty <laughs> scary. Uh, uh, <laughs> and and I, I, I lost some kid, uh, sun, sun points on that one because I wasn't quite uh, willing to. <laughs> I didn't have all the moves he has. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, Brett, you just keep going, which is just way more interesting than my life. You've landed in fewer planes than you took off in. Wow. And you've operated internationally as an undercover officer and you've climbed some high mountains on faraway continents. And you've been pinned with a few Marine Corps, Navy, Army, and law enforcement medals. So now with a background like that, we would need to do another few hours of interview to uncover all that. But uh, so I'm just going to say this, uh, Brett, I have over 20 unique stamps in my passport. How many do you have? And does anyone stamp anything when you're on the job? Well, I have a new passport now, so I have no stamps in it. But the passport before that had to get replaced because I had too many stamps in it. So uh, 
It depends on when you catch me, how many stamps are in my passport. <laughs> but uh, right now, none, but they'll have some stamps on it by the uh, end of this year. So we're traveling again. Well, I'm counting lifetime. So did you call how many stamps you had in your other passports? You know, it's... Um, I can't even remember. It's been I've gone through a couple of passports, so I've had quite a few uh, stamps. But military training and travels, no pa- no stamps, you know. Um, <laughs> right. So undercover, there's been some stamps for that one, but yeah, it's uh, cool. It's, a, it's not a good count, I guess, if you look at it that way. Uh, some, yeah. some countries no stamps, some countries stamps. Yeah, I don't know if you even get to save them. I, I save my old passports because I it's it's made out of a it's made out of a pretty th- nice material, like like dollar bill type silky material and I'm going to make a wall <laughs> uh, some kind of thing I can hang on my wall with all those stamps but yeah well, I th- uh, used to think that I had a lot of stamps until I met my wife and then she showed me her passport oh. and uh, she probably has more than both of us so uh, she's she's got a lot of stamps <laughs> oh, wow alright so, so now on the high level how did you get where you're at today with writing your book titled Placing the Suspect Behind the Keyboard Using Digital Forensics and Investigative Techniques to Identify Cybercrime Suspects? Well, you know, I was um, I was a narcotic detective for some years. And when I first started, I had asked, I'm receiving all these cases from patrol. You know, they arrested somebody with crack or whatever it is. And in many cases, it'd be like three or four people in a car and there's some um, drugs in a center console or something, and I, I go, who do I charge? I mean, I mean, I can't charge everybody or nobody. I mean, what? So I kind of put this uh, seed in my mind of, well, you got to figure out who did it. You know, like the Sherlock Holmes, who did it? Who did it? How do you figure it out? And eventually I moved into digital forensics, and almost all the training that you come across is, well, here's how you look at data, the zeros and the ones, and, you know, this was downloaded, and that, you know, it was just deleted, that sort of thing. But there's never anything that says, well, this is how you find who did it and pin it on them. So through years, I go, you know what, um, I wish I had a manual that could tell me how to do that. So I took a lot of notes and finally said, you know, I'll just publish this and maybe somebody would find it useful. And uh, it's, that's where it just came from was, uh, well, it's one thing to, to know what data is. It's another to actually make a case where you can go to prosecution and say, this person, beyond a reasonable doubt, did the dirty thing. And that's where the book came from. Wow, you're probably... I mean, I'm guessing you're on the forefront of this because I, well, at least I'm not aware of other books like this. They could be out there. I haven't looked around. Yeah, there's, um, there wasn't any, and I don't think there's many. Some books touch on it, obviously. It's, um, you're doing email traces or internet logs and trying to attribute something to somebody. But there hasn't been really one, a book solely focused on the A to Z of, okay, you get a case. The goal is to find out who did it. Otherwise, why do the work? I mean, if you're not, if you're not going to find out who did it, why, why do anything whatsoever? So that's probably why uh, it, it's a hard thing to do. And actually, this, the book that I wrote, it's not just digital forensics. It's outside the computer, too, because uh, forensic folks have a lot of skill to look at computers, but sometimes blind themselves to what's going on outside. So the real world affects the computer. So the, the book is basically, well, you got to get out the office too. I mean, you got to go look outside. You got to get some security cameras. You got to do some interviews. You got to do all these things to put it together. Otherwise, it's kind of a waste of uh, dumping a bunch of data to a prosecutor saying, here you go, F- figure it out yourself. <laughs> so so, so you've, you've got a lot of lived experience and you decided to put it together in a book. But Brett, writing is hard work. I'm, I'm looking at the bullet points of your introduction and I'm wondering, was writing a book a lot harder or only a little harder than being shot, stabbed, and beaten? Uh, it's harder. It's, uh, if, if you're getting, if, if you're in a physical uh, 
you know, fight for your life or something like that. It's, um, you're not really thinking too much about how hard it is. It's mostly, uh, how do I stop this from happening? Uh, a book is just, it's everyday um, frustration and stress of, you know, did I write it right? And of course, editing. You write something good the first day, and then two days later you read it and go, who wrote this? Garbage. <laughs> it's, you know, so it's just longer pain over a longer period of time, I guess. Is that, you know, so. There we are, folks. You heard it from Brad. <laughs> Why did you do it, and who's your audience? Uh, I'm my own audience for the books. Um, mostly it's the frustration of learning how to do that digital forensics job, or computer forensics, what it was first called when I started. And no one teaching me, really, because you go to classes, you learn how to do the actual zeros and ones, right? But you don't learn how to work a case. I mean, what do I do to work this case? And you ask people, and they say, well, just look at the data and figure it out. And uh, so I take a lot of notes from classes, and I – so here's – oh, that's a good clue. I can use that to put you know together a good case. So here's another good clue from this person. And so the notes basically became the book of, okay, here is a bunch of inspirations, basically, of if you get stuck in a case – you know, you see movies, oh, I'm stuck in this case, and something breaks the case. Well, breaking the case is basically you had an idea or an inspiration of, oh, that's right, I can do this. Oh, I can look at this. And that's what the book was for me, <laughs> to uh, remind me of, okay, I'm probably going to work the case. There's things I can do. There's techniques. There's principles. There's procedures, processes. So I'm the audience, I guess. <laughs> So people who are in uh, law enforcement are the like I'm just trying to think of like if you were to pick one audience, who are you really targeting this for? I would pick whoever looks at computers to find out who did something. And in law enforcement, obviously, it's important, but it's also the corporate world where you have an employee who steals data, or someone who hacks into the uh, a network and steals software, that sort of thing. Or you have like um. Let's say uh, an employee is getting those dirty emails from a boss, you know, that sort of thing. Well, you got to prove, did that person really send it? How did they send it? Where did they send it to? Those Tracing those things. And so it kind of applies across the board. If there's an incident that happened with a computer, computer-facilitated incident, crime or civil, then that's what it, this book is geared to. And to prosecutors, too, you know, attorneys who want to know, uh, well, how do people find out who did it? Well, this is the book that tells you how. If you enjoy listening to Sci-Fi Thoughts, but find it difficult to remember to check the website for new shows, get this technology from the future. Install into your phone a podcast player. Using this, you can subscribe to our podcast feed. And next thing you know, you'll be cruising around in your car with your phone plugged in playing sci-fi thoughts, or you'll be out there jogging, or you'll be doing whatever you want to do, and have your ears plugged into some cool science fiction programming. You can find instructions on LancerKind.com. Check out the show notes and you will find goodies like links to Brett's book, and his website. Where are the show notes? The show notes are in your podcast player right there for your easy tapping. If you're not using a podcast player and you downloaded this MP3 from a web page, go back to the web page and you will see the show notes there. Next episode, more Brett Shavers. When I was in the Marine Corps and I'd go to a new duty station, a new job, 
there's these things called turnover folders. So whoever's been in the Marines knows what they are. It's basically you, a new guy walks in, they have this big binder in the desk, and it says, page one, this is your job. And all the way to the end, it tells you everything you need to know about that job, right? So uh, who do I call for this? Where do I go for this? What are my duties? So when I came into narcotic world in my agency, there was no such thing as a turnover folder. And I asked, is there a turnover folder? And there was none. So I made one there. And that's part of my the book, too. It was all, all from that. So the next person who'd come in, he'd have the turnover folder or she'd have a turnover folder to say, this is your job. This is your desk. This is what you need to do. So this book was written in that manner of how to do this job. 